to Samaria, to the rulers of Jezreel, the elders, and to the guardians of the children of Ahab, saying, Now when this letter comes to you, since your master's sons are with you, as well as the chariots and horses and a fortified city and the weapons, select the best and fittest of your master's sons, and set him on his father's throne, and fight for your master's house. But they feared greatly, and said, Behold, the two kings did not stand before him. How then can we stand? And the one who was over the household, and he who was over the city, the elders and the guardians of the children, sent word to Jehu, saying, We are your servants. All that you say to us, we will do. We will not make any man king. Do what is good in your sight. Then he wrote a letter to them a second time, saying, If you are on my side, and you will listen to my voice, take the heads of the men, your master's sons, and come to me at Jezreel tomorrow about this time. Now the king's sons, seventy persons, were with the great men of the city who were rearing them. When the letter came to them, they took the king's sons and slaughtered them, seventy persons, and put their heads in baskets and sent them to, to, to him at Jezreel. When the messengers came and told him, saying, They have brought the heads of the king's sons, he said, Put them in two heaps at the entrance of the gate until morning. Now in the morning he went out and stood and said to all the people, You are innocent. Behold, I conspired against my master and killed him. But who killed all these? Know then that there shall fall to the earth nothing of the word of the Lord which the Lord spoke concerning the house of Ahab. For the Lord has done what he spoke through his servant Elijah. So Jehu killed all who remained of the house of Ahab in Jezreel, and all his great men and his acquaintances and his priests, until he left him without a survivor. Okay. Well, you know, Jehu has killed the king, but Ahab still has 70 sons in Samaria who are potential rivals for the throne. <laughs> And the question is, what about them? And so, basically, Jehu writes to these officials in Samaria and says, you know, figure out which one you want to be king, and we'll have a duel, or whatever that uh, would amount to, and uh, we'll fight for it. Go up the stairs and come back down. Is that what it takes? Does that work? Maybe. <laughs> I have to come back down and walk across the room. I don't know. It just depends. Get to the back and come back on. Oh, well. <coughs> um, so uh, they say, no, we'll be your servants. We're not going to uh, submit to or try to coronate one of the sons of Ahab. And so he says, okay, if you're really on my side, I would like uh, to have 70 heads here by tomorrow, the 70 heads of the king's sons, and so they do. They slaughter all of Ahab's sons, put 70 heads in baskets, and send them to Jehu at Jezreel, and they put him in two big heaps there by his gate. In the morning he goes out and says, well, I killed my, my master, but who killed all these? Now, I think Jehu is trying to accomplish a couple things here. These baskets full of royal heads, I suppose, is an effort to try to intimidate the inhabitants. You know, uh, there, there can be more heads uh, here where these came from, if necessary, and discourage anybody from rebelling. Obviously, Jehu's got some muscle behind things. But I think he's saying, you know, I killed, uh, you know, Jehoram. But I can kill these guys. This is proof that other people must be tired of the Ahab family as well. You know, I'm not responsible for killing them. 
So obviously everybody's in this together. None of us wants Ahab's family to rule over us. I think that's what he's trying to imply with this. So I think he tried to use a little terrorist stuff and yet still try to say this was something done on the people's own initiative because we all hate Ahab's family. That's how I interpret that. He's so humble. He's not taking credit for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sure. What a, what a mess. You know, worldly people just aren't honest. You know, you can just you can just mark it down. I mean, they don't have a commitment to truth most of the time. And so they'll say whatever comes in conveniently. And which is why people are skeptical of, you know, politicians and anybody like that, because you figure they're not tell you what you want to hear, and the truth is not really the issue. Comments and questions on this? Well, wasn't God in favor of this, so he wouldn't need to want Yes, but he's not really so worried about God as he is about trying to get public support and make sure that everybody's on his side. I say it was only a convenience for Jehu that God said to wipe out the family of Ahab. I don't think he did it because of God at all. I think he did it because he wanted to. Because on anything he doesn't want to follow God on, he doesn't. So I don't think Jehu is all that concerned about God's will. I think his will just happens to coincide here at this point. <clears throat> so why did God choose Jehu if he was anointing a new person? Because when he put, picked David, he picked a man after his own heart, but not when he picked Jehu. Well, um, God will use wicked people to do his dirty work sometimes. Why did God pick Assyria to raise up and wipe out Israel, or Babylon to rise up and wipe out Judah, and so forth? I mean, God will sometimes use really wicked people. I might also say, uh, what options did he have in Israel, I wonder? <laughs> I don't know. Other comments? So did he kill the people who killed the sons? No. Oh. He just gave the order, right, for them right. to kill right. the sons. Basically, he said, if you're really on my side, I need 70 heads over here. So, forthwith. Preferably Quickly. not with bodies attached. Overnight shipping, please. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Perishable materials. <laughs> Fragile. <laughs> so they were included in verse 11 and all his great men and acquaintances and priests and like... Yeah, I don't know that they were or I don't know who all was involved in that. You know, he definitely killed all of Ahab's supporters. I would take it that these people that killed Ahab's sons wouldn't have been included in that, but I don't know. Okay. He does a thorough purging. You know, he wipes out a lot of people, so who's to say? He, he's very, very interested in uh, killing every vestige of royalty and of anything else associated with Ahab, I think because he is insecure and he thinks if he's got anything connected to Ahab left, He's likely to, you know, they're going to try to revolt. All right? 12 to 17. Then he arose and departed and went to Samaria. On the way he was at Beth Agit of the shepherds, Jehu met relatives of Ahaziah, king of Judah, and said, Who are you? And they answered, We are relatives of Ahaziah. And we have come down to greet the sons of the king and the sons of the queen mother. 
He said, Take them alive. So they took them alive and killed them at the pit of Beth Eked, forty-two men, and he left none of them. Now when he had departed from there, he met Jonadab, Jonadab, one of the Rechab, the son of Rechab, coming to meet him, and he greeted him and said to him, Is your heart right, as my heart is with your heart? And Jonadab answered, It, it is. Jehu said, If it is, give me your hand. And he gave him his hand, and he took it up. And he took him up into the chariot, and he said, Come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. So he made him ride in his chariot. When he came to Samaria, he killed all who remained and ate to Ahab in Samaria until he had destroyed him, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke to Elijah. Okay, so Jehu kills these 42 relatives of Ahaziah, king of Judah, and uh, then he meets Jehonadab, the son of Rechab, and says, is your heart right like my heart is? And Jehonadab says, yes. He says, okay, let me bring you up in the chariot and you'll see my zeal for the Lord. Now the Rechabites, with Jonadab sort of as their head, are a special group in Israel. We find more about them. They're used by Jeremiah, by God in Jeremiah, as an as kind of a a parable. Of. They're, they're almost they almost remind you, and later Israelite history of like the Amish or something. They have some very um, traditional ways that they adhere to. But but I mean. I think you would see them as very strict and very concerned to follow the Lord. And so Jehu says, you know, are you as faithful to God as I am? And Jehonadab says, yes, it may be that it would have been wise if Jehu had been more conscious about how faithful he was to the Lord instead of trying to test everybody else. I think that might have been more uh, useful. Uh, But he says, you're going to see my zeal for the Lord. Jehu is clearly saying, I'm doing this for God. I'm really zealous for God. He's claiming to be a very strong supporter of God in what he's doing. Uh, There's some things that are going to happen here in the next couple sections that make me say he's blowing smoke. He wants everybody to think he's doing this for God. I don't think he is. But we'll see. Comments and questions? Where were the uh, relatives of Ahaziah going? Who knows? They come down to greet the sons of the king and the sons of the queen mother. I'm wondering if they even knew about the overthrow of the government. Maybe they were just coming to visit family. Yeah, which know side? They <laughs> well, yeah, who knows? Which king were they coming to? Well, Ahaziah. Uh, I mean, Ahaziah of Judah, I'm assuming. It's been a long time since Ahaziah of Israel. But they were coming down probably to see Ahaziah. Right. He had been killed. Right. That, okay. Right. That's what I'm assuming is that they were, they didn't realize the, uh, you know, purge going on here. And the sons of the queen mother being Athaliah, the queen mother? Or maybe the mother on the other side, you know, like Jehoshaphat's daughter or something like that. Well, no, I wouldn't work with it. Or Isaiah's wife, or wives. Yeah. I don't know. Usually the queen mother would be the mother, 
Uh, yeah, but that would have been Athaliah, so I don't know. Maybe so. I was going to say, do you think it's possible that Jehu actually believed that he was doing God's will when he was maybe just misinterpreting what God wanted him to do? Because I was thinking about Saul, and it seemed like, you know, in 1 Samuel 15, when God told him to utterly destroy all the Amalekites and stuff, you know, Saul says to Samuel in 15:20, I did obey the, the voice of the Lord and went on the mission which the Lord sent me, and I brought back Agag, the king of Amalek, and I utterly destroyed the Amalekites. Like, it just seems like, I mean, I know there's some issues with Saul anyway, but it seems like maybe he really thought he was doing what God said when he just maybe misinterpreted what God wanted to do. I don't know. What do you think about that? Well, don't we all? Yeah, we all doing what's right. Yeah, we are. You know, and we go into all this stuff. No. <laughs> you know, think about our sins. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we killed off our sins. Well, you know... We, we spared this one and that one, but the rest of them we've wiped out. You know, we do that all the time. And so I think we all come around to justifying and rationalizing and basically saying, yeah, we're doing it. I don't think it was that Saul didn't understand what the order. I mean, remember when first thing he says to Samuel, blessed are you of the Lord, I've completed the task the Lord gave me. Why is he so tense about making sure he lets Samuel know that if he's done that? Because he knew good and well he hadn't. You know, what's this bleeding of the sheep? And, well, that was the people they spared. He doesn't even, he's not even willing to assume his role as commander-in-chief as if the people just did this kind of on their own and he wasn't king enough to stop <coughs> them. That was, I, he knows better. So I think, J.U. may very well have convinced himself. We often do. But what he's going to do in these next two sections proves that he was not really concerned about the will of God. If he had, if you want to do God's will, then you do it whether you like it or not. If you only do the parts of God's will you like, I'm not sure that you're doing it because it's God's will at all. It just happens to fit in with what you like. It is not a great credit to me that I have still not murdered anyone. <laughs> You know, I, it's really not because of God's will. Uh, I hope that I wouldn't murder somebody because of God's will, but I would never have chosen to murder somebody even if God said it was okay. I have no desire to kill somebody. I don't even know how, you know. So it, didn't, it doesn't reflect any credit to me. You know, it's when God says something, I'm like, no, no, that's not the way I want it. No, please, that's not. And then I test it. Other thoughts? All right, 18 to 28. Here's an incident that I think shows Jehu is not concerned with the will of the Lord. Then Jehu assembled all the people and said to them, Ahab served Baal a little, but Jehu will serve him much. Now therefore call to me all the prophets of Baal, uh, all his worshippers and all his priests. Let none of them be missing, for I have a great sacrifice to offer to Baal. Whoever is missing shall not live. But Jehu did it with cunning in order to destroy the <coughs> worshippers of Baal. And Jehu ordered, Sanctify a solemn assembly for Baal. So they proclaimed it. And Jehu sent throughout all Israel, and all the worshippers of Baal came, so that there was not a man left who did not come. And they entered the house of Baal, and the house of Baal was filled from one end to the other. He said to them, uh, him who was in charge of the wardrobe, Bring out the vestments for all the worshippers of Baal. So they, uh, he brought out the vestments for them. 
And then Jehu went into the house of Baal with Jehonadab, the son of Rechab. And he said to the worshippers of Baal, Search and see that there is no servant of the Lord here among you, but only worshippers of Baal. And they went in to offer sacrifices and burnt offerings. Now Jehu had stationed eighty men outside and said, The man who allows any of those uh, whom I give into your hands to escape shall forfeit his life. So as soon as, as he had made an end of the, end of the offering, uh, uh, the burnt offering, Jehu said to the guard and to the officers, Go in and strike them down, let not a man escape. So when they put them uh, to the sword, uh, the guard and the officers cast them out and went into the inner room of the house of Baal. And they brought out the pillar that was uh, in the house of Baal and burned it. And they demolished the pillar of Baal and demolished the house of Baal and made it a latrine to this day. Thus Jehu wiped out Baal from Israel. Wow, that's quite a story. Jehu says to all the people, Ahab served Baal a little, Jehu will serve him much. That is really quite a statement. Who would ever say that Ahab served Baal a little? Whoa, (laughs) that's that's a hard thing to say. But he's saying, by comparison, I'll serve him way more. And so what does he, what does he proclaim? Solemn assembly. For Baal. We're going to have the mother of all Baal worship uh, extravaganzas here. A revival. Yeah, we're going to have a Baal revival, and every last Baal worshiper is to be present, and if not, they'll be killed. What irony. What he does intend to do, actually, is to kill him if they do come. But he says he's going to kill him if they don't. And so they sanctify this assembly. He makes sure that this Baal worship ceremony is not profaned by the presence of anybody who's not a Baal worshiper. He wants only the true Baal worshipers to apply. You know, they're the only ones supposed to be there. And... uh, He's going to make this great sacrifice to Baal. Ironically, they are the sacrifice. Uh, Because when he assures himself that no non-Baal worshippers in the assembly, then he has everybody wiped out. He doesn't let anybody live that's in there. What a a bloodbath that must have been. And uh, and he, he breaks down the pillar of Baal and the house of Baal and uses it for a latrine to this day. So... That shows his total contempt for Baal stuff. But what is the problem with Jehu doing this? Deceptive? I don't think deceptive is the word for it. How about dishonest? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, That's what like I mean. Well, sometimes deceptive, maybe you didn't exactly tell a lie, right? that way you know but he told a lie he said Jehu will serve him Baal much wrong so that was a lie I think he just lied about it why did he lie about it it was his way of getting all the Baal worshippers together so he could wipe them out so can you use a wrong means to achieve a good end a good purpose you can he did. <laughs> or is it right for you to do that? Well, God approve of that. No. I think, you know, this clearly is not the right uh, the right thing. 
So I think that's a very worrisome, you know, situation that he would have resorted to a scheme of Satan, a lie, to try to wipe out Baal worship. Here's what I think's going on. <laughs> Who was it that brought Baal worship in? Jeroboam? No, Jeroboam, it was the golden calves, but it was not Baal worship. Hey, oh, yeah. Jezebel. Jezebel and Ahab. So the Baal worshippers are people tied in with Jezebel and Ahab. They would be most likely to be supporters of the old regime. He is really determined not to have any rivals, so he's just going to wipe out the whole Baal worship community while he's at it. Not that I'm against the Baal worshippers being killed. Uh, idolaters should have been killed. But doing it this way, lying, I think is not the right thing. What do you think? Comments or questions? Okay. Well, let's see. Um, 29 to 36. However, as for the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, which he made Israel sin, from these Jehu did not depart, even the golden calves that were at Bethel and that were at Dan. The Lord said to Jehu, Because you have done well in executing what is right in my eyes, and have done to the house of Ahab according to all that was in my heart, your sons of the fourth generation shall sit on the throne of Israel. But Jehu was not careful to walk in the law of the Lord, the God of Israel, with all his heart. He did not depart from the sins of Jeroboam, which he made Israel sin. In those days the Lord began to cut off portions from Israel, and Hazael defeated them throughout the territory of Israel, from the Jordan eastward, all the land of Gilead, the Gadites, and the Reubenites, and the Manassites, from Aror, which is by the valley of the Arnon, even Gilead and Bashan. Now the rest of the acts of Jehu, and all that he did, and all his might, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Israel? And Jehu slept with his fathers, and they buried him in Samaria, and Jehoahaz his son became king in his place. Now the time which Jehu reigned over Israel and Samaria was 28 years. Okay. Now what's the problem with Jehu's reign? Went back to the worship like Jeroboam. Yeah. He didn't leave the golden calf worship that Jeroboam made Israel sin with. That is the Achilles heel of the kings of Israel. That's what brings them down. If Jehu really wanted to do what God wanted, why didn't he wipe out the Baal worship, the, uh, the golden calf worship? <laughs> Jehu, verse 31, was not careful to walk in the law of the Lord, the God of Israel, with all his heart. He did not depart from the sins of Jeroboam. So to me, that just shows you right there that he is not that concerned about doing what's right he is using religion to serve his own purposes, to serve his own agenda, but he's not really pure in heart. You know, he's motivated more by political goals than by serving the Lord. Otherwise, why wouldn't he have gotten rid of the golden calves? Doesn't that show that he's not all that concerned about the will of God? Getting rid of the golden calves served no purpose for his political end. Now, what did God do to try to punish Israel during this time? <clears throat> a lot of enemies. 
convince Yeah. Hazel, uh, the king of Syria particularly, started, you know, nibbling at Israelite territory and manages to pretty well take the whole Gilead area away from Jehu. Jehu kills off enough of the kingdom, he becomes a rather weak king. Although, what had God, what did God promise uh, for him? Verse 30. Four more generations. Yes. He down to the fourth generation after him. So we'll have Jehu, then Jehoahaz, Jehoash, Jeroboam II, and Zechariah. So there'll be four more kings in Jehu's lineage. By the way, how long did Jehu reign? 28 years. Um, that long or short? Pretty long in Israel. Mm-hmm. Second longest in Israel. Surpassed only by Jeroboam II, his great grandson. Jezebel wasn't a very good prophetess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's seven, uh, seven days turned out to be a bit longer than so that. So only times four, so. Seven times four is 28. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Days. Oh, oh. All right. Uh, thoughts and comments on the reign of Jehu. Okay, chapter 11, verses 1 to 12. When Athaliah, the mother of